Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So let's go ahead and look at 1 Samuel chapter 2. And we're going to start here again. This is a scripture we really want ingrained in you. And we need to stir ourselves up by way of remembrance. And so let's look here again at our text in 1 Samuel chapter 2. God's talking to Eli, a priest, who was actually honoring his sons above God by not correcting his sons for doing bad things in the temple. And you can read about that. We don't, we don't want to get in all that. They were just doing some pretty wicked things. And Eli was just telling him, don't do that. You guys shouldn't do that. He should have spanked their hide. He should have told them, knock it off. He should have said, you're out of this position until you get your act together and repent. But they wouldn't listen. And uh, God actually corrects Eli severely for not correcting his children like he should have. It's actually honoring your children above God when we let our kids get away with stuff that we're not supposed to let them get away with. You know what I mean? Words only. Stop it. If you, if you don't do that, I'm going to come in there. And 20 times later, I told you, if you don't stop that, I'm coming in there. You got a spanking. And they never get a spanking. What's that? Well, number one, it's a lie. Your kid's thinking lying's okay. But number two, it's dishonoring to the Lord because the Lord put us as stewards over our children. And it's up to us. It, it's not... How many of you know you can't take your kids, send them to a Christian school, send them to church on Sunday, and expect them to turn out great? The number one place of influence for our children to turn out right is the home. The number one most influential place that our kids need to be godly and needs to be, the atmosphere needs to be right is our home. And then church and Christian school, if they do go to a Christian school, should just be a support like a vitamin to your food that you already eat. So, um, but really, Eli was getting in trouble here. And it says in verse 30, The Lord said, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel says to Eli, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever in this priest office. But now the Lord said, Be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So very interesting phrase. God says, those that honor me, I will honor, says the Lord. Those that honor me, I will. those that despise me will be lightly esteemed. That's very interesting wording. It's interesting to think that despising the Lord has to do with just not esteeming his things as much as we should. Interesting that he said despising doesn't mean we don't esteem at all. It just means we're taking it too lightly. God calls that despising. Got to watch out about taking the things of God too. Look at that. Has that been flashing very long? Yeah. Okay, just turn it off. We don't need it on. You guys can just turn it off. We don't want to be distracted here. Can you turn it off? They have a code back there. They give me a light if it's yes or no. Can you guys turn it off? 
please answer me. <laughs> please push either the green or the red button. You can't turn it off? Do somebody need to come out here? They, they can come out here. I'll take a break. Need, do somebody need to come out just unplug something? I don't want you to have to see that during the whole sermon. I guess we could practice our powers of focus and concentration. You know what's really interesting? Is... Um, Sometimes I see, I have a view of the whole congregation here. Sometimes I'll see people get up and have to go out to the bathroom or get a drink or something. It's really interesting sometimes that all the heads are on this one person. Sometimes people getting up and, and doing something like that, you just say, this time to practice my powers of concentration, my powers of focus. Thank you. Doesn't look real good, but it's better than blinking. Amen. Thanks, Dorsey. Now, Hunter. All right, so again, let's, let's, let's um, whoever did it, <laughs> somebody back there. So God said, those that honor me, I will honor, says the Lord. So, so I, I've come up with this because I know it's, it's right in line with this verse. We regulate how much God can honor us. We regulate how much he can honor us. He'd love to be able to honor everybody to the hilt, but... He can't. His word already states, those that honor me, I will honor, says the Lord. Those that despise me will be lightly esteemed. So it's interesting that it's kind of in our court. We regulate how much he can honor us. And so if you haven't been with us, it's really good to go back and listen to the archives. But let me just say this to you. When God honors you, it includes a whole host of things that people are just going after, just working their finger to the bone to get trying so hard. Some people are praying and praying and praying for certain things that would just come to them if they'd learn a little bit more about honor and live in it. So go, go with me to uh, Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to read a few scriptures here before we get any deeper into the subject. So Proverbs chapter 3, we'll look at verse 8 and 9. Proverbs 3, 8 and 9. The Bible says, honor the Lord. Uh-huh. So we have a scripture that actually says to honor the Lord and how to do it in one of these areas. Look at this. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. That's us honoring God by supporting his work in the earth. And then verse 10 is him honoring us for honoring him. So shall your barns or bank accounts or whatever you store up in be filled with plenty. Anybody like your bank accounts filled with plenty? Your wallet filled with plenty? <laughs> your savings account, your inheritance for your kids' account filled with plenty, the college account. How many want that filled with plenty? How does it happen? It happens because God's able to honor us. Now, before we go any farther, do you realize you could add some things to yourself? You could, you know, age prematurely in the process of being rich, stab a few people in the back, go through a few marriages, kids not want to be around you, whatever. You, you can gain some money your way, but the Bible says the blessing of the Lord will make you rich, and he'll add no sorrow with it when you get it his way. How many would rather have the wealth and the peace instead of just the wealth and no peace? <laughs> We'd rather have the whole package deal. But here it says, if we'll honor the Lord with our substance. So 
really, he's saying honoring him is more substantial than just saying, Lord, I honor you. Or, here, Lord, see my hands? I honor you. I, I honor you. And God's, well, probably, you know, say, well, good, that's great. Uh, nice to hear those words, but uh, why don't you show me? God says, show me, God. It's like, how do we know? It, it's more substantial. It says, honor the Lord with your substance, with your stuff. Yield your life to Him. Let Him know that it's at His disposal anytime He wants it. If he, it liquidate or whatever He'd like us to do with anything that He's given us, because really, Without the air, we wouldn't have the breath to make the money. Without the brain, we wouldn't have the brains to figure out the invention or whatever. Um, you know, gravity. I mean, who's, who made gravity? Why aren't we all floating out in outer space and popping, you know? <laughs> because God made gravity. And so, when we honor the Lord with our substance... And we actually support his things financially and actually yield our stuff to him. And then he says, with the first fruits of all of our increase in verse 8. Mm-hmm. That includes tithing. I know it goes in other areas as well, but that includes, our, did I say verse 8, verse 9? Is it not up there? There it is. Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase. That's us honoring the Lord. Carla and I learned decades ago that when all of our increase comes into our life, there is a portion that is not even ours right off the top that we put in an envelope called our God account. This is something we don't use for vacations. We don't use it when things get tough. And I'm not saying, you know, feel bad if you have. Don't, please, I was not into making anybody feel bad. But we learned a long time ago, this is not even ours. The tithe is the Lord's. That's why the Bible says, return Return. Not, you can't give something that's not yours. You can return something that's somebody else's. But now when it goes to offerings, that's in addition to tithing. So we have an offering account and a tithe account. Tithe means 10%. We put 10% of all of our increase in this account every week. And then we have an offering account that we put money in as well because we don't want to get caught off guard anymore. We've been in meetings where we wanted to give so bad and we were broke. It was a drag. We wanted to help this missionary. We wanted to help this person in this ministry. And we just didn't have it. Well, sometimes you have to get fed up before you change. And we got fed up with not having enough. So we just decided to start believing God, sowing and reaping and believing God and putting money away in an envelope so that when people have a need, now we've got some resources to say we can help that. And it's fun. It's a wonderful thing to be able to do that. And as you operate in these principles, He honors you back. Your barns filled with plenty. Your presses shall burst out with new wine. Talking about a lot of prosperity. So I wanted you to see one of the ways we honor God is with our substance and the first fruits of all of our increase. And he honors us back by making sure our barns are filled with more than enough. All right, you got that? So let's go to another scripture. Look with me at Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6. One of the reasons we teach in series sometimes is because we want the Word to actually get working in our life. And you may say, well, I've heard that last week, Pastor. Good, but is it working in your life? Are you seeing results? Is it a part of you? Or do you just, you know, has anything changed in your lifestyle? Has anything changed in your prosperity area? Has anything changed in, you know, God honoring you area? Because we really need to get this inside of us. Because exciting sermons are no good if you don't remember them four hours later, right? 
I talk to people quite a bit. They go, oh man, that sermon that I just heard the other day was so amazing, it was so powerful. Really, what was it? I, gosh, I can't remember, but I remember it was really exciting. Newsflash, if you forget what it was, you forget to do it. If you forget to do it, then it was just something that hit your ears and didn't go any further. So look at Ephesians 6, New Testament. Talking about honoring God more. The Bible says in verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. I think it's interesting. I'm not saying this is everything this verse means. We know this is talking about natural parents and natural children. But he also brings it to the in the Lord zone. How many know we should all have somebody in our life we can look up to as a spiritual parent? Right? John said, my little children. Paul said, my little children. They weren't their physical children. They were instrumental in helping them to get born again and to develop in the Lord. And it talks here about children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So as parents naturally and physically, Carla and I decided to show this verse to our kids when they were growing up and let them know that we're not just disciplining you because you ticked us off. We're disciplining you because the, the Lord said He wants you to learn obedience. He wants you to learn. And, and, the, and the listen. Listen what he says here. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor, here we are. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So Paul is saying by the Holy Spirit, there's some things in the Old Testament we need to be abiding by today. He's quoting an Old Testament scripture saying, this is for today, guys. Obey, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Then go a little deeper. Honor. This is attitude. We spanked our kids more for raunchy attitudes than just do, not doing something they were told to do. Because right. they got into rebellion and we had to make sure that is not going to be in you by the time you leave home. That's right. You are not going to... Rebellion is not going to be in you. That's right. The Bible talks about some interesting things that um, you know, people are afraid to do today when it comes to child training. The Bible actually says if you spank a child, he's going to hurt. Or she's going to hurt but you're actually going to deliver their soul from hell. Yeah. Interesting that if you can get them on the right track when they're young, when they're wet cement, yeah. then when the cement dries, they're already on the right road. Yeah. Not a bunch of breaking has to happen That's if they're right. on the wrong road. And so we, we disciplined our kids. We made sure that their attitudes, we made sure that, listen, there's a few things that you know, we, we can be a little easy on, but when it comes to lying or it comes to a raunchy attitude, you will be spanked for that. And they were. Thank God we didn't have to do it a lot because, you know, they, they were great kids. We were very thankful for that. But we had to do that because we wanted the next verse to be in their life when they left home. Now, so let me ask you a question. Who's saying children honor your father and mother? Who's saying that? The Bible is God speaking to us, right? God is telling children to honor their father and mother. So, to honor mommy and daddy is to honor God who said honor right. father and mother. Right. right? He's saying, children, honor your father and mother, but really, God's the one saying it. So, if children do honor their father and mother, they're honoring God, and they can expect God to honor them back. Yep. How's God going to honor the kids back? Verse 3. With promise that it may be well with you, children. <laughs> That's good right there, right? Sick or well? Which would you rather have for your kids? Well. That it may be well with you, children, and that you may live long on the earth. 
Wow, isn't that interesting to think that learning honor and obedience at home could actually help someone, help, help our children to avoid destructive things that would try to cut their life early? I mean, this, this has divine protection all over it. Learning obedience and learning honor comes with a promise from God that you will live long on the earth. You won't die young. You'll be divinely protected from things that others who choose the rebellious ways aren't protected from. Interesting. Isn't that powerful? So there we see again, those that honor me, I will honor, says the Lord. The kids learn honor at home. God's going to be able to honor them later in life and they're going to miss a bunch of junk that other people are going through who don't believe in honor. You want to see another one? Mark 6. Mark chapter 6. Mark 6. Look at verse 1. And Jesus went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when it was the Sabbath day, he came and began to teach in their synagogues. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where has this man these things, and what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are worked by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he, Jesus, could there do no mighty work. didn't say he didn't want to. It said he couldn't. He could there do no mighty work in his own hometown, except that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. He found some with some minor ailments, was able to do a little bit, but he wanted to do a lot more. And the reason he couldn't is in the previous verse. They did not honor him. They were offended at him. And they limited Jesus from doing mighty works for them because of their offense and dishonor toward him. He was talking about and preaching about mighty works he had done in other places, trying to set the atmosphere so he could do some right there in his hometown. But he couldn't because they didn't receive him like the other towns received him. They didn't respect him like the other towns respected him. And they didn't get the mighty works that other towns got who did respect him. Do you see here? They honored the Lord in other places to where he could work mighty works for them. They didn't honor him in his own hometown, and he could there do no mighty work. And this is an interesting thing. Um, you know, I was, our staff's reading a book by John Brevere right, Brevere right now on honor. And one of the things that Dominic was telling me was in the book is where he had gone to a prison and started, had a meeting at a church meeting and was preaching the gospel and the Holy Spirit fell and great miracles, I think miracles were happening. People were getting healed. Great, great revival was happening in this prison church meeting. And the same day, he said, man, now we got another church to preach at over here on the same day. He said, he was all expecting, thinking, man, we're going to have the same revival in this church. It's still on me, man. It's still on me. Went to this other church, dry as ever. He said, I can't figure out why the prison church meeting was so powerful and people, such great things were happening. Here in this other church meeting, the same day, dry as ever. He preached at both meetings. One was great, the other one was dry. He said, but I looked and I realized those people in the prison 
had tremendous respect for the word of God, for the, for the ministers that came down to minister, for the whole church service that they came in. They had such respect. They were honed in. They were tuned in. They didn't care about anything else. And the power of God moved. But then when they went to this other church where I guess they're just used to church services and they're used to good music and used to their freedom and, you know, used to good preaching, just not much respect, not much power. Other meeting, lots of respect, lots of power, healings, miracles. Interesting how people regulate what a church service can be like. It's not just a sovereign move of God. So they honored the Lord in some places and he was able to do mighty works. They didn't honor him here and he was not able to do mighty works. So look at another scripture in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Y'all seeing this here? We honor the Lord, he's able to honor us. So 2 Timothy chapter 2. Look at verse... Oh, let's see. Verse 19. 2 Timothy 2. And keep remembering the phrase, Them that honor me, I will honor, says the Lord. We regulate how much God can honor us. So Timothy, uh, Paul tells Timothy here and all Christians, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal... The Lord knows those that are His, and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That's sin. Get away. Run away from sin. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these dishonoring things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified or set apart and enabled for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Do you see here how honor can be restored? If you purge yourself from dishonoring things, get away from the sins that you know, you should, the things you know are wrong, walk away from that, Purge yourself from dishonoring things. God said you can come back into a place of honor. Say honor can be restored. You can come back into a place of honor and God will actually enable you and empower you to work for Him like never before. See, you're honoring Him by getting away from the dishonoring things and He's honoring you by using you more. Turning up the power, turning up the anointing. Businessmen, turning up the prosperity. I mean, no, God can turn up the prosperity when we show Him that we're going to be honorable people. We're going to purge ourselves from dishonoring things. There's some things you have to purge yourself from. We know there's some things only the blood of Jesus can take care of. But this scripture and other scriptures talk about cleansing ourselves, purging ourselves, turning away from some things. And this is one of those things where God wants to honor people more, but He can't. He wants to use people on a higher level, but sometimes they're not ready. He can't do that. Can I get a witness? All right, so in, in, the, in the remaining time that we have, I'm going to get into something else a little different now. Go to John 14. And I want to say this about honoring God more. Let's keep it. Let, let's keep this admonition. Let, let's keep this exhortation in the love zone. All right, let, let's keep it in the, 
I love God, so I'm going to do this. As opposed to, I have to do this because I'm a Christian. <clears throat> Let's keep it in the love zone. I like to bring our attention back to our love for God anytime we're challenged in messages like this so we're not just doing our duty, you know, but that reminding ourselves, you know what, I love God. That's why I'm going to do this. I, I love Him. I love Him. That's why I'm going to do this. Instead of, well, the pastor said we should, or I better do this or else, or I won't get the blessings. How about we keep it in the love zone? Let's keep this message in the love zone. Why do we want to honor God more? Because we love Him. And it blesses Him that we do. So, in John 14, I want you to notice here verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, what? Just tell me that you do. <laughs> Nothing wrong with saying I love the Lord, but is it a little more than that? If you love me, keep my commandments. You know, it's more evident that we love the Lord because of what we do than how we feel. I'm going to say that again. It's more evident that we love the Lord because of what we do as opposed to what we feel. Well, Pastor, I just don't feel like I love the Lord. Well, it doesn't matter. He didn't say, if you love me, feel like you love me. He said, if you love me, keep my word. Do what I tell you to do. Hmm? So, read verse 21. Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. How do you know if you love the Lord? You're doing what he wants you to do. He didn't say a thing about feeling here. Right? Well, pastor, I just don't feel like I love Jesus. There's something wrong with me. No, everybody has weird feelings up and down. One day this, one day that. Don't ever judge where you're at with God by how you feel. You could feel like you don't love Him, do what He tells you to do, and totally be loving Him. He, he loves me what? He, ha, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. Now, when he's talking about his commandments, yes, he's talking about scriptures in the New Testament, but he's also talking about what His Holy Spirit speaks to your heart on a daily basis. Even things that you may not think are that big a deal. If it's involved with loving him or not loving him, how many know it's a big deal? How many know if the Lord tells you to be a little more kind to that person and it doesn't seem like that big a deal to you, it should be a big deal to you because that's you loving him by being more kind. Right? If, if the Lord's dealing with you about forgiving somebody, but you just don't want to, do you realize that's because you love something more than him? It's really a love issue why we do things and don't do things in this area. Sure. The Bible says, if you love me, keep it up there. He that loves me keeps my commandments and, and, and he that loves me or does what I says shall be loved of my Father and I will love him. And Jesus said, you're going to have an experience with me that everybody, not everybody on the planet has. You're going to experience me. You're going to have an experience with Jesus that not everybody has. When? If you love Him. If you love Him. 
Wow, what a big word. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm right on the front row in the first in line when it comes to God loves us sermons. I want to hear more about God loves me. I want to hear more about how much he loves me. But the Bible also talks about us loving him. How many of you know that you are going to have to purposely love him back sometime, right? And Carl and I were talking about this earlier, you know, we think, you know, well, maybe all we need is to keep hearing more messages on God loves us, more messages on grace, more messages on what he's done. Well, if that really worked 100%, then why did Adam and Eve mess up when they knew more about these things than we will ever know? They knew God loved them. They walked with Him. They talked with Him in the cool of the day. They knew God firsthand and still rebelled. And still let their love for each other supersede their love for God. Yeah, we want to hear all we can on these things about how much the Lord loves us, but there comes a time, you know, Adam needed to let his love for God kick in. He should have said, Eve, (laughs) I love you. But I'm not eating that fruit because I love God more than you. I love, you know the whole world is in a fallen state today because a man put his wife above the Lord and honored her more than what God said. And the whole earth is in a fallen state today because a man put his wife first. Messed her up, messed their family up, messed the entire earth up, messed the human race up. If he would have just kept God first, Eve would have been so much better off. Their family, they would still be physically alive, actually. Adam and Eve were made to live forever in their physical body, but sin came in, they let it in, destroyed them, passed it on to all of us in the human race, and thank God we can be born again and get out of that mess. But now here, it says that, look at verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me... He will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So I thought it was interesting here to just see that loving the Lord is doing what he says. And this whole area of honor and honoring God, there's some things that honor requires of us that we're not always going to want to do. But if we love the Lord... If we love the Lord, we're going to do it anyway. Why? Because we love Him. Not because it's our Christian duty. Not because it's the religious thing we're supposed to do. We're going to do it because we love Him. We need to remind ourselves when things get a little tough and submission and authorities comes on the scene and honoring is on the scene. And, And whether you realize this or not, honoring God has a lot to do with honoring natural leaders in our life. That went over like a lead balloon. (laughs) Oh man, not even a squeak. Um, It's okay, I'm not preaching for amens, I'm just joking with you. But, you, you know, let me show you a really interesting scripture. Go to Hebrews 13 and like, like he said with children-parent relationship, children, obey your parents and the Lord, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment. Kids doing that are actually honoring the one who said to do that, not just the parents. 
And a lot of times in this, in this natural area that we live in, our honor for God is seen in our honor for those in authority over us. Whether it be a teacher or an employer or a government official or our honor, just like our love for God is seen in our love for each other, our honor for God is seen in our leaders, how we honor, how we treat the leaders in our life here on earth. Satan is such a pusher of rebellion because he knows if we're rebellious to our natural leaders, well, no way could we have faith in God's leadership to help us. It carries over. Our, our honor carries over. Our faith carries over. And so look at this scripture. What did I say go to? Hebrews 13. And I think, I don't have this one on my notes, but this is probably not one everybody has on their refrigerator. But it should be. And I'm talking, I'm preaching to me. I got people in my life. Did you know that I have about five people in my life, more, six if I count some, some other people I've gone to, that I go to when I need straightened out? They have total freedom to speak into my life. And, and what two of these people tell me, I'll do without even praying about it. They're my leaders. I've gone to them. I, I've, I've confessed things to them. I've talked to them. I get counsel from them. I, I, I hear from them. I get help from them. And I have at least five people in my life that I, that I can put into this scripture right here. And it's one of the greatest things that's helped my faith because my respect toward them carries over into respect toward God. My respect for their word carries over into respect for God's word. Isn't that why the centurion had great faith? I mean, he's saying, Jesus, I'm a man under authority. And Jesus goes, that's great faith. The reason the centurion said, all I need is your word, because he grew up in an environment where words meant a lot and there was no such thing as insubordination and rebellion. And he grew up in this life. And Jesus said that was great faith that he had and his respect for his natural leaders and his faith in their word carried over to his respect for Jesus' words and got his servant healed of a deadly disease. This centurion, we don't just do these things. We have to be these things. That centurion was a man of honor because he grew up in it. He grew up. It was normal for him to be under authority. And this is why the devil wants everybody to be insubordinate. Do your own thing. You don't need no leaders. Nobody has to tell you what to do. You're free. You're free. You're free. You're free. And really, it's total bondage. Because that kind of an attitude does not work with God. And if that's how we are, that's how we are. We can't become a different person with God that we are in the real world. It don't work that way. I thought it was interesting. The centurion, who, who Jesus said had great faith, greater faith than anybody in all Israel. <laughs> a centurion, a Roman centurion, had greater faith than everybody in Israel. Where you least expected, it, it was there. The man never said one thing about believing. He never said one thing about faith. But Jesus said he had greater faith than anybody that he'd met in all Israel. What did he say? He said, I'm a man under authority. I understand what it means to respect the word of my leaders. I understand what it means to be submissive. I understand what it means to be honorable. I understand what it means to be subject to higher authorities. And because he knew that by experience, he knew Jesus' word had power. And Jesus said, I'll come to your house. He said, you don't have to come to my house. Jesus, just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And Jesus said, I haven't found faith like this in all Israel. He called it great faith and he marveled at it. And the man didn't even say the word faith or believe. 
Do you see the connection between honor, respect, learning these things, being a person of submission and authority? Because he also said he had power because he was under authority. He said, I'm under authority and I got soldiers under me. You don't get soldiers under you unless you're a good submitter, unless you're a good submitted soldier yourself. But this is interesting because in Hebrews 13, New Testament, Paul said what in verse 17? What did Paul say in Hebrews 13, 17? First word. Don't you love that word? Obey who? Those that have the rule over you. Now notice, and submit. Now, I know that word's got a bad reputation in our society because a lot of people have abused this. But did you notice it said submit yourselves? No good husband, no good leader, no good employer will ever put pressure on anybody to submit. It's a submit yourself deal. You can't force submission on somebody. That's ungodly. That's demonic. That's wrong. That's flesh. This scripture says obey those that have a rule over you. And he's talking to the, to the people uh, under submission. He says submit yourselves. Submit yourselves. This is a proposition, not something that's supposed to be forced. Submit yourselves, for they, your leaders, watch for your souls, that they must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. If, if people really saw what this was all about, they, they would spit out the world's thoughts in this area, because we live in a, we live in a society that there's so much abuse of freedom going on. People think they're free to do whatever they feel like doing, not realizing their feelings are their gods. Slaves to their passions, slaves to their lust. They, they call it freedom, but really they're enslaved. They're controlled by it. They're not free at all. Um, I want to show you one more scripture and then we're going to close, because I have to close. Real quick, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2. And we'll close with this because it's time to close. First <laughs> Peter 2, look at verse um, 13. Paul's writing to Christians, every, or Peter's writing to Christians everywhere. In verse 13 he says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors, or as unto them that are sent by him, for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God. So, the word submit and honor and respect, do you realize these words make it very clear this isn't something you're always going to be in agreement with. The orders are not something you're always going to be in agreement with. Or why say submit? Submission is not agreement. And that's why you have to use words like submit, honor, respect, and be subject because you're not always going to agree with the orders. Or why say submit? Why not just say agree with those? No, he knows there's going to be times we're not going to agree with it. And I want you to notice this in closing. He said in verse 13, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Now, if they're telling us to sin, I'm not going to sin. But if it's something else that I just don't agree with, now listen closely. Listen closely. Why do we do this? Why do we submit to every ordinance of man? 
for the Lord's sake. Why say submit if you want to do it all the time? Why say submit if you agree with it? Why not just say agree? He didn't because he knew you wouldn't agree with it. He knew you wouldn't like it. He knew you wouldn't jive with it. Now listen closely. I believe the Lord had me read this tonight to you and those of you watching online because I heard the Spirit of God say, Son, and we don't have to mention all the things that are going on right now in our country. He said, Son, talking to me, he said, would you do it for me? Well, Lord, I don't like it. I don't like the ordinance. I don't want to. And the Lord said, well, would you do it for me? Well, that ended it right there. Over. If it's an ordinance that's not telling me to sin, I'm done. he said, for the Lord's sake. He asked me, he said, son, would you do it for me? I said, well, Lord, I don't want to do it. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's right. He said, would you do it for me? That was the end of it. Yes, sir. I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you in a heartbeat. There's times the Lord asked me to do things toward other people. Oh, my goodness, I did not want to do. Because it entailed really humbling myself. I mean, really humbling myself. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and apologizing for something that I didn't think I had to apologize for. And I remember one time I had a, had a meeting with somebody, and, and in that meeting, um, I just kind of, you know, defending myself a little bit about this and about that. The meeting was over, and I had something scratching me on the inside. And the Lord said, call that person back. See if he can make a U-turn. And you get him back here and you tell him you're sorry. And you tell him that he had some good words there and that you need to consider what he said. And I'm going to consider what you said. And I'm going to think about that. And that's, that's good advice. He said, call him back in. I called him back in immediately. I looked at him and said, listen, I want to tell you I'm sorry. I got defensive. What you said, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to pray about that. That's some good advice. I'm going to think about that. And when that meeting was over, I didn't have anything scratching me anymore. I hate that scratchy feeling. I hate it. I've had it happen like a, a few times in my life where I knew I had to get something right with somebody. I didn't want to. I didn't feel like I had to. I didn't do anything that wrong. But the Lord said, would you do it for me? And I go, oh, yeah. I love you, Lord. I'll do anything for you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.